The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
But uh, welcome to the January 19th uh, meeting of the Ann Arbor Renters Commission. The purpose of the Renters Commission is to advise the city council and the city administrator in matters affecting renters in the city. The commission is made up of voting members who are appointed by the mayor and approved by city council, of city council members appointed by city council, of non-voting liaisons to the House and Human Services Advisory Board, of non-voting members representing different landlord perspectives, and of a non-voting representative to University of Michigan Student Services. Um, to speak during any of the public comment opportunities, you'll be able to speak through the webinar link or by phone, depending on your method of access to this meeting. And I don't know if there's anybody here right now. Oh yeah, there's two. Uh, for phone access, you have to call 877-853-5247 or 888-788-0099 and enter the meeting ID 935-8080-1941. And then you press star nine and or use the raise hand feature. But I guess when we get to the public comment part, Kristen will walk you through all of that. Uh, so I'm going to skip ahead. So let's do a roll call. I know we have some new people here um, and just say uh, that you're here and then where you're calling from because we're remote. So Commissioner Chen, are you here today? Yes, I'm here. Thank you. Are you calling from Ann Arbor? Oh, uh, yeah. I'm from another. Great. Commissioner Kelly. Hi, I'm here and also calling from Ann Arbor. Commissioner Mukherjee isn't here tonight. Uh, Commissioner Cohen-Smith. Here and calling from Ann Arbor. Commissioner Cato. Commissioner Rumel. Commissioner Droppelman. I'm here and I'm calling from Ann Arbor. Great. Welcome to the commission. Thank you. Commissioner Else. Here and from Ann Arbor as well. Welcome to the commission. Uh, Commissioner Lowe's. Commissioner Tibbetts. Here and calling from Ann Arbor. Great. Welcome. Uh, Commissioner Rosen. I am here and I'm calling from Ann Arbor as well. Hi. Commissioner Wansa. Councilmember Redina. Here in Ann Arbor, and I will apologize in advance for my glitchy camera tonight. Uh, you might notice me going a little crazy. <laughs> no worries. Councilmember Harrison. I'm here and from Ann Arbor. Great. And Kristen is here. And is uh, the city attorney, John Reiser, here tonight? He will be joining a little bit later. He's attending an event uh, that should be wrapping up shortly. Great. Um, so to get started, we have a couple new members as I'm sure people notice. So it would be great if um, everybody who's new could introduce themselves and I'll just call on you so that you're not awkwardly calling on other people. And you know, just say who you are, what brought you to the commission and anything else that you wanna share. We could start with uh, Jamie, if you wanna go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, thank you. Um, I'm Jamie. Um, I'm a current Master of Social Work student, and I've worked in the field of social work for a few years now. Um, most recently, I was working for an organization that um, supports families experiencing homelessness. Um, so doing that work, I got a 
interesting perspective of the um, challenges that people um, with low income and um, people, it's particularly people who have um, rental subsidy vouchers, um, part of that program, um, the challenges that they face when they do find a rental property um, and just noticing that they seem to be especially vulnerable to um, sometimes predatory practices on behalf of landlords. Um, yeah, and that really just piqued my interest in um, tenants' rights. And this was one of the first things I learned about when I moved to Ann Arbor, and I'm really excited to be here and meet everybody. Great to have you on the commission. Welcome. Um, Bob, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Sure. Um, I'm Bob Droppelman. Uh, I am one of the uh, non-voting uh, individuals providing landlords perspective. We own one house that we rent. Uh, and um, uh, so we would represent the small landlord perspective. Um, uh, that's been kind of, um, I guess you could call it a side hustle. Um, I work for Michigan Medicine uh, in information assurance um, as well. Great, great to have you here. And Jordan, it'd be great to. Yeah. Oh, you ready for me? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Um, I'm Jordan. Uh, I know a lot of you already know me because I've been kind of uh, attending as a as a watcher for a while. A um, little bit about us. My husband and I uh, own rental property in town. We own and manage everything that we manage. Um, on our own with a couple of employees. I am a nurse practitioner by degree, but once I had kids, that was not a workplace that um, could sustain my life with two small kids. So I've been home with my husband since then. Um, I rented in Ann Arbor as a student as recently as 2014. So I do have um, a little bit of experience with that. Um, but other than that, I've been very active in parent spaces and kind of connecting and trying to figure out what what students do need and want and advocating for that, um, even if it means that I am blacklisted by a landlord organization. So something that's really important to us is to make sure that we are always um, listening and fighting for those perspectives. And I think we we have a, um, a good number of tenants that we are able to connect with varying from the, you know working professionals in the city to um, undergrads, though we do end up being mostly student housing. Um, and so that's kind of our love. Um, I do a lot of activism work in the community outside of this, and um, that's that's kind of our role in the city and something that we hope to uphold. So I'm really glad to be here and listen and learn. And um, yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to have you here. Good to have so many new people. And I know that there's at least one other commissioner who couldn't be here tonight. So commission is filling out, which is great. Um, if did everybody get the agenda? Because the next thing is to approve that. So if somebody could make a motion to approve the agenda. I can motion to approve the agenda. Great motion by Patrick and a second. A second. second. Great. All in favor? And for people who are new, we just um, vote by voice. You can just say yay if you vote yes. Yay. 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 Oh, wait, we can't vote. How does it work for Robert and I? Can we, can we like motion for something or can we not? Or I guess I don't know the logistics of that. Good question. Uh, Kristen, could you answer that for us? 
Sure. Um, since you both are non-voting members, you um, can't motion or second, uh, can't move or second something or vote, um, but your input is definitely welcome uh, in discussion of those items. Um, I think I think everybody said yay, but for, if anybody wants to vote nay, this is your chance. Those opposed say nay. Okay, so the agenda is approved, and then we also have to uh, approve the minutes. So is there a motion to approve the minutes from the December 15th meeting? I can, I can motion to approve. Thanks, Patrick. And a second? Second. Thanks. All those in favor say yay. 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 And any opposed? Okay, so we have a public comment now. And if there's any listeners on the line to make a public comment, you can call in at 877-853-5247 or 888-788-0099 with the meeting ID 9375080801941. Or you can join by Zoom. So, are there any uh, anybody wishing to make a public comment? We do have one caller. Um, um, let's see, if you'd like to address the Renters Commission, you can go ahead and raise your hand by pressing star nine. Give it just a moment, and then we'll give it a moment too if anyone's calling in or trying to log on. All right, so the phone listener has not raised their hand, um, so we can close public comment. Okay. Um, and there's another at the end. So if you're listening on the phone, you can you'll have another chance to speak. But let's get into it. So the first thing on the agenda is a tenant education committee update. And I'm not sure if this is actually happening because we haven't met since the last meeting and Rich is not here, but Hannah, do you know something different? Is there a, an update from the Tenant Education Committee? No, I believe the only update would be that we're, we have a scheduled meeting now for in February. So we'll have a more robust update at the next meeting. Right, and I guess since there's new people, uh, if you're interested in joining the Tenant Education Committee, that would be something to let Kristen know, and then you could come to that meeting, which is on February 2nd. Um, okay, the next one is the right to renew committee update, and this is actually from me. Uh, am I able to share my screen? Yes. Okay, I'm going to do that. So just to give a little bit of background, um, we've been talking about different issues with right to renew, especially around enforcement. And some of us got together and um, drew very heavily on, on Jordan's uh, right to renew policies, actually to, to draw up some best practices for uh, the right to renew ordinance, which is a kind of a new ordinance that uh, protects tenants from predatory early leasing. So we put together some best practices to share with the larger group, best practices for landlords, best practices for the city, best practices for the University of Michigan, and then for renters themselves. I'm gonna share my screen and go through it. And then 
uh, I don't know if we have a quorum in this meeting, so maybe in the next meeting that, that would be a good thing to vote on to say like this is um, kind of the way that we as a body would like people to be approaching this ordinance because there's been a lot of enforcement issues. Uh, so I'm going to share and walk you through it. Can you see that? Yes. So the top just gives a little bit of background. Um, and essentially it explains like where the where the right to renew ordinance came from and the city council passed it fairly recently and um, you know the idea is that it restricts just for anybody who doesn't know I'm, I'm not sure if everybody does the idea is to restrict landlords from showing and leasing apartments really early in the season because that creates a lot of pressure early on in the leasing cycle and people are scrambling for houses and uh, for apartments and that often means that people who don't have as much financial security end up being in a situation where they're left um, without enough housing options because they can't sign early. Um, so yeah, these are just some ideas we had for best practices for different groups of people. So like I said, um, the landlord section really comes from Wessinger Properties, which is uh, Jordan's company. And you can see them here, this is in this section. It's basically saying that you shouldn't start showing leases uh, until four months before the big leasing dates. So December and uh, for leases that start in May, start showing in December. For leases that start in August, start showing in March. Establish dates when you could conduct showings and renewals and make those dates visible on the website. So a lot of landlords don't have public information. It's really useful to put that on there. When are you gonna start showing? have a policy and commit to it, have that on your website, inform tenants when you're signing what your policy is, uh, don't keep wait lists. This is something we've been talking about a lot, like just because you can't legally sign leases, don't keep an informal wait list um, to give people who sign up early priority. Don't charge fees to be a, in kind of a first come first serve wait list. Uh, don't keep <laughs> informal, informal wait lists behind the scenes, uh, having people on deck. Don't prioritize, do prioritize current tenants for renewal unless there's a reason not to renew to them. Uh, ask current tenants about renewal one month before and um, give them that month to decide whether or not they want to renew before you start showing. And these, this one's obvious, don't sign leases until the legal date, but you know it's, it's worth saying anyways. And then don't ask prospective tenants to sign until it's legal to sign. So those are the ones for landlords and i'll just pause here unless any in case anybody wants to comment on any of those ones yeah go ahead Jordan. um just two kind of minor things uh i would say on the bullet point to hold an apartment that isn't available for leasing i think we even need to include the squishy that may not be available for leasing because a lot of these times the landlord saying and i think with right to renew having specifics about when you can ask about renewal Mm -hmm. um, that we're going to have even these situations where they're saying, well, I can't ask about renewal, but I'm going to take a fee and it, it may or may not be available. Um, I think that's kind mm -hmm. of an important gray area because we, the tenant still has no idea, the prospective tenant still has no idea what their actual chance of actually getting that apartment is. Uh -huh. So that kind of covers a little bit further. Um, and the only other thing that I might suggest addressing is, um, uh, the, what was I going to say? The, um, I, I guess you've kind of, you've covered most of the things I, I just, it's tough. 
It's tough because there is nuance in the lease start date. I mean, there are some landlords in Ann Arbor that have July leases. Um, right. They're definitely more in the minority, but um, right. I think making it clear that there are the timeline is based on the dates, not this arbitrary May-December connection by date. Um, and I don't know, I, I'll leave it up to you renters. Do you feel like that's captured well enough? Because if it's July, it's going to be a different timeline um, than is listed here. So I'll leave that up to the renters to comment on. But I, I think just that that is part of this that gets confusing is that, you know, there's late July leases and there's, you know, so how do we, and how do we cover the non-student population that's working on leases that may be totally not related at all to May or August uh, necessarily? Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think that's a good change. I mean, I think that this does capture most leases, but you're right, it's not all of them. Um, I where is the first comment that you made? I didn't catch where that should go. Okay, that was um, <laughs> that was the the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh bullet point. Do not charge fees refundable or non-refundable to hold an apartment that may not be available for leasing. Yeah, I mean, basically, the bottom line is do not charge fees. Period. Right. Um, so you could even just put period. Uh, or especially to hold an apartment that may not be available for leasing. Um, mm -hmm. And then the the only other, the third point that I might consider in there is, um, you know, tenants, and I don't know, part of this is how do we want to approach this morally too, right? Like if tenants want to, I, I also, when we're speaking of tenants' rights and we're empowering tenants, I also want tenants to understand that tenants per even the, the right to renew could come and say, I for sure am staying. This is my third year of dental school. I would like to sign my renewal, you know, um, at the first day that it's able, or I, I guess, how do, how do you cover that? Right. How do you cover the piece that the tenant could, could request to sign earlier if they wanted to, or do we not want to, I guess, throwing that out to renters. Is there any, any mm -hmm. point in bringing that up? Yeah, does anybody want to respond to that directly before um, moving on to Zachariah? That's a good question. Yeah, go ahead, Hannah. Um, yeah, this isn't fully formed, but this is actually something that happened to me recently because of like a risk to like a buyout of where I live that it was important to me to extend my lease. And I had to look up the rules myself and like be like, oh, I, I wish I had this more front and center. I'm wondering if there's a way that's like, since this is for landlords and not for the renters, but to make clear, like only extend or add on to a lease before the deadlines, if approached by the tenant or like, or something like, like something about proactive or approach language might be helpful. Right. Yeah. I think that's a really good comment. Um, Jordan and then Gail. Zachariah, did you put your hand down? Cause you would be. I didn't mean to. Oh, then, then you're up. Okay, thank you. Um, just to try to figure out how much of a delay there is. Um, I wanted to ask Jordan uh, and Bob here what you to think about wait lists that don't have fees. Do you see um, you know, validity there? Uh, would it, do you think it's helpful for landlords to hold those uh, wait lists if they don't have fees? And I'm just curious if from your perspective, do you think that that would maybe hurt any prospective tenants uh, having uh, feeless weightless. Go ahead, Bob. 
Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, I think I'm, the wait lists, it, it feels like just another uh, sort of constriction of, uh, of supply for, for people who are trying to get in, or if you're brand new to the city and everything is waitlisted, then what are you going to do? Um, it, I don't know that it just doesn't feel like waitlists are, are, are a good thing to, to use. <clears throat> um, having said that, it appears that they, that there are a number of companies that are using them. Mm -hmm. um, but I, again, I don't, I don't see how that, I don't see how that helps tenants and I don't see, well, I, I don't see how it helps tenants. Yeah, I generally, I generally agree because that's, you know, you're, you're artificially giving them some hope that they're going to have something that there could be zero chance. They could be 10th on the waiting list. The apartment could not be available. I think it provides a false sense of reassurance, but I will lift up, you know, Gail and I have been working with um, some landlords and U of M that are, uh, looking to do better that are more corporate perspective. And I will say that for them, you know, for me, I'm leasing a number that's reasonable, but for them, they have mentioned to, to us that um, if they don't have wait lists, they're then trying to fill 300 beds in a matter of a couple of weeks, even maybe. And that, that's really tough. So I, I just want to lift that up. I don't, I don't have a lot of commitment to it or, um, you know, effort behind it. And Gail may be able to chime in on that too. But I, I also want to note that there is kind of that perspective that isn't being represented here. And also, I guess, to lift up that we're talking about, um, you know, these are often students that live in these buildings that are dealing with this actual physical piece of it. Mm -hmm. And so if, if the idea is that they can't do wait lists and then, you know, the handful of students that they have doing leasing um, are slammed with all these things. We have to be, you know, while they're owned and managed by higher rise folks, um, sometimes the fallout comes down on those students. So I just, I guess, gently bring that up and say that that would be something to investigate um, in my perspective is the impact on, on completely outlying wait lists on landlords that are trying to do the right thing that are function very differently than Bob and I. Yeah, go ahead, Gail. Well, I think uh, Jordan and I can continue to kind of give you guys information as we continue to have meetings with them because it is a different animal completely. And so, you know, we're, there are people, as Jordan has mentioned, who are trying to do the right thing and we're going to try to work with them. But but back to the, the point of could, a, I, I think, um, you know, whether or not a, a tenant could sign earlier um, than the hundred, than before the 150 days. I mean, there, there is a provision in the right to renew ordinance that says the provisions in the section can't be waived by the parties to a rental agreement. So I wonder, you know, how that's going to impact things as well. Yep. Go ahead, Travis. So I, I was going to speak to that too, and I was going back and rereading the exact language and, and, and it might be worth a further conversation with attorney riser at some point. Um, the way that I'm reading it, the, the early leasing portion, which sets the actual timelines, um, stipulates dates that the landlord must abide by um, in terms of like no later or no sooner than. Um, can they notify that they have to let them know? Um, I, I think there might be some wiggle room to allow for a tenant to come earlier, but I, I'd like to double check on that as I'm kind of reskimming the language right now. Um, and I do know that we don't allow them to kind of waive their rights, but the language does appear to be landlord facing, not tenant facing. 
Uh, Hannah. Um, this probably depends on the answer to that question when we officially get it, but um, I'm, I'm wondering, is this a place where we could have another bullet or within a bullet about like, okay, assuming that people can pro like if the renter wants to resign early or go back and like extend their lease or something, um, is this where we can say like the landlord should not be... <laughs> I know threatening rent increase. This is something we've been talking about. Like, um, there's just some ways that it's like clearly a threat versus like this is a normal rent increase. And I don't know if that can be captured here, but the stuff that says like the rent is going to go up each week until you resign. Right. I wonder if that can be involved in this best practice somehow. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. I was missing from here. Any other comments on the landlord best practices and and my thinking is that we can I can share this document with everybody uh, after the meeting and then you know we can refine and make comments over this month and then maybe we can vote on it next month if we feel ready for that. Um, so this is just our first discussion. Okay, I'm going to move on to the city of Ann Arbor because I don't see any uh, hands up some some suggestions for the city and we might have more to talk about here because we've talked a lot about landlords and renters and less about the city but. I'll just run through them. So um, sending information to landlords on postcards, describing the law and the best practices, sending postcards to renters themselves, explaining their rights, um, sending best practices for landlords. Oh, I think this is just a repetition. Oh no, sending it through the Washington Area Apartment Association, which communicates with a lot of landlords. So that's just getting information out. Then, um, auditing the, the bigger landlords and kind of assessing their compliance, auditing, auditing landlords that have had a lot of complaints and kind of communicating with those landlords about how to uh, be compliant with the law. So that's not, um, it's, a, it's a more proactive way of making sure that this law is being enforced and then sending warning letters if there are, are landlords who are suspected of violating this. And I know that Richa has some good information on um, who's not abiding by the ordinance. Processing complaints swiftly, publishing um, aggregated data about violations so that people know how widespread it is. That could be on the city website. Then revising the complaint form. This is something that we've talked about, but there's um, the way that the complaint form is written is, is pretty confusing to uh, renters. So they're dissuaded from filling that out. So that needs to be corrected. And then producing a, a yearly compliance report for the next five years because it's a new law to see how it's uh, working out. Any comments on that? Yeah, Jordan. Um, I agree with you on the form. I mean, I think something that's like a form that can be just filled out and clicked, like the idea that you have to download the form, then fill it out, then send it to Janet, the, the whole like process, it just seems um, not great either. Mm -hmm. um, and piggybacking on that too, um, the thing that I get from so many people, and even when I'm like, like I've talked to Zachariah about like a handful of situations where people don't even want to email the renters commission um, with an issue that like we really need to be hearing. Um, the idea of anonymity and how that is all working and what is done with the information seems to be kind of missing in all of our processes here. And I'm wondering if that wouldn't help students and renters in general feel more comfortable. Um, like what happens with the information? When can you expect to hear 
Um, can you remain fully anonymous with information that goes back to the landlord? Just kind of how to make that um, better. And I don't, I don't have any answers, just things that I hear from parents and students. Mm, right. Uh, yeah, Travis. Um, I was going to wait until um, our council update to to share this as well, but um, since it's relevant to this conversation, um, I did also want to let folks know that council member Harrison and I did have a meeting yesterday. Is that right, Cynthia? Um, yesterday with um, the administrator and some other members of staff to chat about enforcement um, and uh, to share some of the concerns that Renters Commission has been passing along through us. Um, it was, I would classify it as a pretty good conversation. Um, I think that there, um, I am expecting, I know for a fact that, that Attorney Riser, um, as well as a couple of other uh, staff members are working together uh, on a more formal communication and update to the body. Um, and so I would expect that soon as well. And some of it does cover kind of the some of the education pieces that the city is doing. Um, and I also shared some of the frustration with with enforcement or the perceived lack thereof. Um, and so so I know that they are looking into that some more as well and, and plan to provide an update to this group as well. So hopefully that will help um, as we're crafting some of these recommendations. Um, am I missing anything, Councilmember Harrison, from our conversation? No, you're not missing anything. <laughs> Thanks. That's great. Thanks for that update. Any other comments on the recommendations to the city? The ones for the university um, need a bit of work. Uh, maybe maybe Gail can help here because I didn't know exactly the timing of uh, campus leases. But you know, the last meeting, somebody had called in and said one concern that they had was that the right to renew ordinance would be out of sync with um, Michigan University of Michigan housing leases. So I was just thinking here we could say let's let's try to get those on the same timeline if they're not already then communicating renewal laws and best practices to incoming students that could be through beyond the diag and other channels i think students get a lot of their information from the university so they can help a lot there uh, not advertising or providing a platform for landlords who are advertising um, off-campus housing really early on uh, keeping a list of landlords that are keeping wait lists or have in in other ways violated tenants rights so that students know to avoid those landlords and then i just put this on here i don't know if other people know about this i just learned about it from gail but eliminating that the pay structure for advertising off-campus housing uh and yeah maybe somebody who knows more about any of these things would like to speak to them <laughs> I, I don't really know I, I can find out but don't really know the process for on-campus housing um you know as far as the rest of it i mean that's something to discuss with with beyond the diet but um you know keep keeping some of the information the communicating renewal laws that that's i think we're going to try to do maybe with the the work that jordan and i are doing um but i can't really speak to you know how they'll respond about the rest of the suggestions Uh, yeah, Jordan. 
Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, this is tricky and this is something that we've had conversations with beyond the diet, like ourselves personally, Nick and I for years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it used to be, it, it used to be a really open thing and then it switched over. And for those who don't know, I know I've talked to Zachariah about it too. And, um, this is, we, we pay beyond the diet to be a part of it. And when that started, and I would say that it's since I've known my husband, so maybe 10 years ago, um, is when that change happened. And so it's an apartments.com based platform. So as everyone can imagine, apartments.com caters to apartments and high rises and the more commercial structure. And so the thing that we're going to hear when you say don't advertise a platform for landlords to advertise is you're going to hear every high rise say, we're always leasing it's year round. Mm -hmm. And so our model unit is going to be up because you never know, like, even when you sign a lease with some of these high rises, it rarely happens, but Gail and I do hear about it where they come back to you, you know, in March and say, oh, you signed a lease for a one bedroom. And all that we have is the penthouse one bedroom and it's twice as much rent. And that's all we have for you. And so if you want to live with us, you know, you have to take this thing. And so there's this problem with, they're always open for leasing and they have model units. And so they're not advertising unit number 1428. Whereas Nick and I are advertising unit 1428 because that's the only 1428 that we have. And I'd say that's probably true for Bob and most of us other small landlords and and some some larger ones, but so that's kind of the problem is, is they're going to say, we're always leasing. We're always open. We have vacancies at rolling times a year. Um, and so we, you know, we deserve to advertise for this thing that we're paying a lot of money for, um, at any time that we want. And so I think mm-hmm. the pay structure, as you noted, is, is like really a huge part of the problem. Um, but this is a resource for, you know, I got, two emails this week from um, incoming either postdocs or PhD students that are actually just moving to Ann Arbor in February. And so we, we do have to keep in mind, you know, that there are people that are outside of those um, cycles and that we want things to be available and them to maybe know about Woodland Muse that might have something on a right. rolling basis. And so I think that's the, the feedback that you're going to hear about that. Um, and the question about the pay structure, you know, Nick and I had complained for a while about it to the past director. Um, Mark Simmons is head of it now. He worked for Avalon in general, uh, find him to be really lovely human and he really does want to make things better. Um, and also there's this huge financial piece to this now that is unfortunate. So I think we have to look at that. Um, but I do hear that anybody can advertise on it now. Um, so I think it's, it is a little bit different, say in the last five years, or maybe just before COVID that they have opened it up. So it's not locked into only those, um, things, but the one thing that is a lockout is the, are the housing fairs. So Mm -hmm. like Nick and I said, make us the most basic package to have access to the website. We pay, I think it's like eight or 900, uh, year for the service, but we are on a very bottom package. So we're locked out of the in-person housing fairs. Mm -hmm. So when you go to an in-person housing fair, you may not see Nick and I or Bob or someone else um, because of that. And so then the, the students go to that and they come back and say, oh my gosh, all of these options are well over $1,200 a month or something like that. And so there's, there ends up being this, that's all they think there is for housing. The one fair that we did go to just before COVID, the most common thing, most common statement that Nick and I got was, holy cow, I had no idea that there were other options um, for people who are just new to Ann Arbor. So I do think that 
not only the pay, but the piece that is what is beyond the diag representing as the available options for on-campus housing and what they're promoting is a whole kind of side piece that's related, not related. Okay, looks like there's a lot more thinking that needs to be done in that section then that that's useful. Uh, okay, and for renters, this is the last one. Renters should familiarize themselves with the law. Don't sign on to a waitlist, although it seems like there's some complications there too. Don't pay to be added to a waitlist. Don't sign leases um, with landlords who are known to violate renewal laws. And you know that would be contingent on that information being available. And if you suspect that your landlord has violated your rights to file a complaint. Is there anything missing there from the renters section or any comments that people want to make on those? Okay, so that's what we have so far. And, and like I said, I will send that out to the larger group and we can keep working on it over the next few weeks and come back to it in the next meeting. And that's all I have for that update. Next thing is the University of Michigan Community Partner and Grant update. Zachariah, are you speaking about this? Uh, yeah, um, I guess. If uh, someone else who's at that meeting might want to speak about it, I, I can open it up to them. I know Patrick was there. I guess I can just briefly say that we met with um, some uh, a faculty member, two, I guess technically two faculty members from School of uh, Public Health to talk about um, a study that they're undertaking. And uh, they're submitting a grant proposal and uh, we've signed on as a community partner. Um, but I know since Patrick is a, an alum from the School of Public Health and he was there, I, I can pass it off to him if you have uh, any other details that you remember from those meetings. Yeah, I don't have uh, much more to add. It's an exciting opportunity and I think um, I don't have my notes with me, uh, but I think uh, this opportunity was related to, I think, some funding from the Ginsburg Center, if I remember correctly. And it would be sort of like a, a sub-study of another study that is uh, being undertaken. Um, and, and I think would involve some uh, key informant interviews um, with the student uh, renter population. Um, and we can definitely provide kind of more of a uh, official summary of, of what was proposed. Uh, but I know Kristen um, did reach out and and, um, and said that we have the full uh, permission to participate in the project. Um, and I believe that the proposal was submitted. Uh, Zachariah, have you have you seen any confirmation of that on your end? I don't think so. No, but uh, I have no reason to suspect that it wasn't. Yeah. Any other comments on that? Okay. Oh, Zachary, are you speaking? Um, I think I, oh, I would just add really quickly. Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, uh, sorry. Uh, I just wanted to add, just to clarify for people who weren't there at the um, the meetings where we did discuss this, this is a study from the School of Public Health to, to um, uh, uh, learn more about how the stresses of the 
Ann Arbor housing market affect U of M students specifically? So it's just to look at student renters. Um, so just want to make sure everyone. And we can re resend the, the proposal materials out after the meeting so um, everyone has them. That's a good idea. Zachary, you broke up a little bit at the end there, but I think we caught everything that you were saying. Um, yeah, it's an exciting study. I think we can be of some some use to it too. Next thing is that we've invited uh, rental housing to attend one of our meetings to ask them some questions, what they know about renters and renting in the city. And Kristen made a form so to facilitate um, gathering the information and questions that we want to ask them. So Kristen, if you want to take us through the form you made, that would be great. All right, so a link to this is um, in the email I sent out earlier today and then also in the email from Friday with the meeting agenda. Um, I wanted to create a form where you all could see um, what other people are requesting um, to, to be able to kind of collaborate remotely. Um, there's just a drop down here with some topics and then um, spaces to write your, in, your more information or kind of whatever you'd need to clarify. Um, I'd like to provide this information to rental housing services um, so that they have a pretty good amount of time to prepare. So, um, about a month to collect. Are there any questions? I don't know what rental housing is planning for the format of their, like if they're going to do a presentation or be kind of an informal Q&A. Um, but I think that providing them with questions gives you the best um, chance that they'll be prepared to answer them. So. Right. Thanks for putting that form together, Kristen. Anybody um, have any questions or comments they want to make about that in advance of rental housing coming here now? We have one more meeting in between then and now, so you have a lot of time. But just want to give one more chance if anybody has anything to say. Okay, moving on to the plan for the February 16th meeting. What does this entail? Just deciding what will be on the agenda? Uh, yes, um, so it sounds like you might want to have your uh, the best practices document back up for discussion and maybe um, approval or rec um, I had some questions about that. Um, like an approval to say like, these are the renters commission official best practices. Um, you could also um, decide to provide it to city council as a communication, um, something like that. Does that sound like what you'd like for next month? Yeah, I think the right to renew committee, I yeah, I think that should definitely be on there for next time because there's a lot more to talk about. And I mean, hopefully people will leave comments in the next month. Yeah, Travis. I have a suggestion, although I 
need to follow up with one of my colleagues who would be responsible for the presentation. Um, but I know that I need to, and here's the video thing I was talking about, um, <laughs> need to uh, follow up with council member uh, Cornell, but I know that we'd previously discussed that she had um, been exploring uh, some ideas around uh, carbon uh, carbon monoxide detectors in, in apartments. Um, and so I can check in with her on where things are. Um, and depending on that, she may have interest in, in joining us or asking me to give some sort of update to the commission because I know she would like your feedback if we're going to move forward. Um, I just don't know where she is in discussions yet. So I will, I will check with her and can follow up with you, Kristen. I think also for February 16th, the, that would be a good time for the Tenant Education Committee to talk because we're going to meet on the 2nd. And I, is there anything on the waitlist report, Gail? Would you want to talk about that at the next meeting? Sure. <laughs> yeah, <that's cool. laughs> We can talk about that next meeting. It takes me too long to find out, figure out how to unmute myself. <laughs> I'm not sure if I missed other committees. I can't remember all of our committees. But if you're on a committee and you want to be at the next meeting, this would be a good time for you to talk. Okay, that sounds good. Um, I know there was something about sending in like a, a picture of who we are for something. Is that something that oh. we would put on a meeting agenda? Um, yes, so I could talk about that a little bit more, or I can talk about it now. Um, I also emailed about Community Academy. Community Academy is a program that the clerk's office puts on um, that highlights kind of city services and functions. And there is, um, there'll be a, pre a presentation on the renters commission during one of the sessions. So I would really appreciate um, a photo, like a headshot or like a photo of each of you. And then a couple of sentences you'd like uh, to describe yourself. Um, that would be great if you could provide those in the next couple of weeks. Um, I have one commissioner uh, sent theirs in already, so. I can um, pull up about rent or uh, community academy. Also, I definitely encourage all of you to look at the different sessions that are available. Since this is such a new commission, or if you're new to the city, um, it's super interesting. It is a little bit limited for in-person sessions, and I've been hearing that it um, a lot more people are signed up earlier than usual. So definitely take a look. Well, that sounds great. Uh, anything else that people want to discuss at the next meeting or have on the agenda for the next meeting? Okay, let's move on to reports. Uh, report from City Council. So if Travis or Cynthia, if you have updates for us. Cynthia, do you want to go first? Do you have anything? I've kind of given my up the main update that I wanted to give, which was that we did have that conversation with staff um, 
John is here now. I don't know if he has anything else he wanted to add to it. I don't know if you were here for my first um, update, but basically just filled in that we had the conversation and that I'm expecting uh, more formal communication from the administration, uh, filling folks in on enforcement and education efforts and those types of things. Um, and so once we receive that, I think um, if we have more questions or, or follow-ups or anything like that, then we can we can chat about that, but I don't believe. Oh, the one other thing I guess I could bring up because um, Jordan uh, mentioned to me that that I think a few folks were talking about the um, legislative policy agenda that that council passed. Um, we did uh, adopt our kind of legislative priorities for the upcoming year um, and wanted to highlight that there are a few very specific renters um, pieces in that. Um, we have a much more comprehensive list that we've passed in previous years that we've provided to our lobbyists, but it was a really, really long document with a lot of things and we really wanted to focus in. Um, but a few of those included a repeal of the state ban on rent control, um, allowing uh, or incentivizing municipalities to do um, duplexes, triplexes, and quadplexes by right. Um, and a statewide ban to reflect Ann Arbor's ban on source of income discrimination um, so that there's more consistency across the county um, as opposed to just in Ann Arbor and Ipsy. Um, and so those are a few of the things that were pretty clearly um, renter related, but uh, there are other things that certainly impact renters in there because it has to do with housing and things like that. Um, but just wanted to share that as well, that we are hoping to have some partners at the state level that might be able to move some of our uh, more ambitious policy agenda forward now. That's great. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, Cynthia, anything on your end? No, not this evening. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the HHSAB liaison is here. So let's move on. Uh, Steph, Kristen, you have anything for us? My main items were Community Academy and uh, submitting the photo to yourself, so pretty much covered. Um, definitely uh, submit your response to the rental housing uh, question thing, and um, yeah, that covers it. And do any of the commissioners have updates or reports that they would like to give? If you have something, just raise your hand. Yeah, Jordan. Just a question. Are we going over the, the handbook separately or is now, Kristen, I don't know if you, I know you sent that out and said read it, but I just had a couple of oh, yeah. questions. This would be a great time. Out? Okay. Yeah. Um, so a couple of things, just uh, I know I have seen people be like out of state. It didn't address anything about people like not being in Ann Arbor and saying your location. So I had a question about that. Didn't seem to be noted anywhere um, in there. Um, you can attend virtual meetings from outside of Ann Arbor. Just a, important to, uh, during the roll call, we'll just have you ref, reference yep. where you are. We've okay. had um, commissioners like at the airport or, sure. you know, all over the place. So cool. just wanted to say that that might be a nice thing if we're handing this to new people. Um, and then the removal for cause by the mayor, like we have a pretty supportive mayor right now, but just kind of thinking about if something changed, does the commission have any input or say if a mayor, if the mayor at some point decides that they want to remove someone for cause? I don't, I was just kind of wondering about how, 
um, that would work. So maybe something to think about there. Um, 6.4, more than one office. I was just, that wasn't clear to me where we were talking about like, you can't have one office within the renter's commission. You can't be on multiple commissions. I wasn't sure what that part meant. Um, and then if committee meetings followed the same like open meetings stuff and having to be announced. So those were my four main things that seemed unclear to me as a newbie. Okay. Um, so for uh, the mayor removing members, it, it's a little bit case by case. I think that if, if there was a case where a member missed the meetings um, for a situation that staff was aware of and the commission was aware of, uh, we would communicate that to the mayor. I think that um, typically members are removed by the mayor if they um, are constant no call, no shows or uh, some different reasons like that. Um, so it hasn't, I don't think it's a big issue um, that I've seen with uh, members being removed when the commission thinks that they shouldn't be removed, but that's a good question. Um, and then uh, holding more than one office at the same time, the renters commission only has the chair and vice chair, but other groups have like a secretary or some other uh, positions. I think that we probably don't need that item in our bylaws if there's only two offices. Um, but today, um, we had Lucy, vice chair, run the meeting. I was thinking to myself, what if Lucy wasn't available today um, and we don't have a secretary? So um, something to think about. And then uh, what was your last question? The last bullet point was, um, I know that the, the commission meetings and the committee meetings oh. were like in separate. So yeah, just about committee meetings and kind of the duty to notify or how those work or if they're public or that, that I left that section feeling a little unclear still. Yeah. So um, for our, the formal committees, we have a couple of the formal committees and then we have some of the work groups. Um, if there is more, if there are more than a quorum on the committee, we definitely need to do all of the Open Meetings Act stuff. Um, sometimes there may be less than quorum on the committee, um, but kind of depending on what's going on, it's always good to, to have it noticed and available for people to attend and speak during public comment. Riser, I, do you have a comment about that? Nope, some quorum oh. committee meetings are fine. Okay. Hello. I uh, just saw your kind of pop up at the bottom. Um, for folks who uh, were here at the beginning when Riser wasn't here, this is John Riser. He um, is in the attorney's office at the city. Hello, everyone, and hello again to most of you, and hello to some of you that are new. I was at the investiture for uh, new judge Arianne Slay at Pioneer High School. So, um, sure, I was. Great to have you here. Sorry, I didn't say hello when you came in. That's all right. Um, Jordan, did you have anything else? No, I think that that covers it. Just things that we could make it a little more solidly hand off to a to a new person. Right. Yeah, and you know, on that, I I should go through the committees we have so that you all know what they are. We have a tenant education committee, a right to renew committee. Um, and is that in it, chapter 105 enforcement committee? And then there's a, a work group, right? For application review. And maybe that's all. What am I missing? 
I think this research study is the some kind of work group or subcommittee. Is that right, Kristen? I think I saw my yes. name on that. Yeah, just kind of one of the informal, um, the community partner for the grant, the group that does the research on wait lists and fees. Um, and then also um, because we've had so much uh, like vacancy and turnover a little bit, there's been a group looking at applications for members also and kind of reporting back on those and making recommendations. So those are meeting or those are groups that we haven't been doing um, public notice for because sometimes there are only two people. Any other reports from commissioners or things that people want to say? Yep, Zachariah. Uh, I wanted to let everyone know that I've been in touch with council member Cornell regarding carbon monoxide detectors. I know that she's working on uh, evaluating our current rules for carbon monoxide detectors. It looks like uh, new structures are required to have them, but existing structures aren't. Uh, so there's some holes there. And there was somewhat recently a very tragic accident that happened in a motel where someone uh, was killed by carbon monoxide poisoning. So I think that was a reminder um, kind of to spur spurred this uh, um, effort. So I'll let you all know if anything, you know, as I come, as I learn more information from our, the council member. And let me know if you're interested in potentially working on that. I'm guessing she's going to uh, have a resolution uh, sometime in the, probably the next few months. Yeah, Jordan. That might be a good thing to have on deck for the housing um, people when they come in March, too. I mean, just thinking about like we we bought them for all of our buildings um, after that, we had them some places, but we just made sure that we had them everywhere that made sense. But there are some logistical things that even Nick and I can't possibly think to consider because they're so outside of our stuff, just about like where they're they should be placed in things. So I think making sure that we are involving um, the inspectors and and fire department question mark like people who know about the logistics of where carbon monoxide you know where is not a risk and where is a risk um in those discussions i think is is important yeah go ahead bob um i would second that uh i know that uh they're required by code if you have any uh electric work done uh, or permitted electric work done on the uh, done on the unit, um, and there is some code specifications on where they have to go, uh, and I think it would be really really valuable to uh, to learn that as well as honestly, especially for old houses. Um, uh, personally, uh, I would support a, a resolution from council. Definitely. Thanks for bringing that up, Zachariah. Any other reports or comments, updates from commissioners? It's a quiet meeting tonight, isn't it? <laughs> um, okay, so let's move on to our second public comment then. And Kristen, do you do this part? I just realized um, that I that I kind of awkwardly read the first part, but normally you do this, I think. Oh, either is fine. Um, it's just important to um, say it so people can hear it and call in if they need to, so. Right. 
All right, so this is the second public comment. Um, public comment can be made by phone at 877-853-5247 or 888-788-0099 with meeting ID 935-8080-1941. Or you can join the Zoom meeting by going to a2gov.org slash renters commission meeting. Right now we don't have anyone in the waiting room except CTN. Um, so we'll give it just a moment. All right, there are no callers or attendees. Okay, the last thing is communications to the Renters Commission. They're included in an attachment on the agenda. And yeah, I don't know if anybody wants to respond to the communications we got or you know, say anything about this. Yeah, Kristen. Um, I'll share that. So th those come into the Renters Commission inbox that I see and then um, I, kind of depending on what the issue is, either um, put them in contact with Janet or ask some more questions and put them in contact with Janet. And then they're always asked if they would like their communication provided at a renter's commission meeting. Um, so I've just been including those that come in that are kind of, um, kind of tough cases that residents are experiencing. Um, and Janet has been super responsive. Um, like responding within the hour. So um, kind of just passing those along. Mm. Yeah, Gail. For the ones that are, for the um, folks that reach out that are students, you can also refer them to our office for assistance. Will do. Thanks. We have a automatic reply that goes out when people um, email the Renters Commission. I'll include your office's contact info in that also. Uh, anything else? I mean, does anybody wanna say anything about these communications? Okay, um, that brings us to the end of the agenda. Does uh, anybody want to speak before we move to adjourn? Yeah, Gail. Sorry, I, I do think we need to respond to folks. So, I mean, I, I haven't, I didn't look at them ahead of time. I can look at them and maybe make some recommendations for how we should respond, but I don't think we can just leave them without more response. And so Kristen, you said you have a um, usual response that you send. Uh, yes, I'll pull up. Um, it kind of says if you're like, if it is a code violation, we'll put you in contact with Janet. Um, if it is actually about something else at the city, we would put you in contact with that department. Um, if it's like a general clerk's thing, we'll get back to you kind of like, we'll get back to you no matter what, but these are the kind of different situations that could happen. 
Um, I don't include rental housings information in the automatic reply now, but I think that definitely could. Um, I can pull it up here. Okay, I, I will send you the, the best link for our office and I'll take a look at these and then just make a rec rec make a recommendation for what we should do with anything more than that for these. Yeah, Hannah. Yeah, I think I just um, have a question about that because I think I got something wrong. So I guess I heard what Kristen was saying as like somewhat like Janet has been responding to these, but Gail, are you saying like, we want to make sure that we confirm like the renters commission has seen this um, separate from that? Yes, I think so. I mean, I think it would be, they're reaching out to the renters commission. So I think we should let them know that, you know, we've seen it, you know, maybe we think where they've been directed is sufficient, or maybe we have some other suggestions or not, but I think if they're going to reach out to us, we should respond directly to. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Is there a process that we can set up for doing that? Like, how would we go about responding to these people? It's definitely something we could look at. They're not super frequent um, and kind of depending on the issue, it's always like a different response, right? So sometimes it you know, could be an easy code violation and sometimes it's not. Um, I, I really like the idea of providing Gail's resources because rental housing can only enforce um, like approvable rental housing code violation. And maybe there's some other issues that a person would need assistance with. Um, so definitely I think a, a conversation could be had about how we should be fielding these. Mm -hmm. uh, Jordan. I think another resource, I mean, my my standard reply, whether it's in a Facebook group or if somebody contacts me via email or text or whatever, is also includes legal services of South Central Michigan. Um, you know, Gail is awesome. Who is the Gail for non-students, I think, is something that we, and if we don't feel that legal services of South Central Michigan, I mean, maybe, John, maybe you have an idea. I have no idea if it if it, they do much, if they respond, like, is there any other help? And maybe, Gail, you know, too, like, a resource for people who are not student tenants feels particularly important. Um, so I don't know if there's crowdsourcing that come and come up with others, but that's that's the general resource I give, though I, I admit I haven't heard many success I, I think, stories with it. I think Nick Rommel and I put together a list of resources, but maybe I never shared it with anybody, so it's not doing anybody a lot of good. I'll send that to Kristen as well. Because there's also the there's also the U of M legal clinic. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of like paralegal tenant counseling in GEO as well, just because people have so many issues. So, you know, if they email, there's, I mean, we can't do anything legally, of course, but it helps just to talk with someone about their issue, talk it through. Uh, so that, that's another place that we can refer people to. Yeah. It's a little bit off um, of that topic. I had one more update about the tenant. Um, the rights and duties of tenants booklet, um, kind of the state of it post right to renew. Um, we went through all of the booklets in the clerk's office and we have about 4,000 copies that were updated in March, 2022. So they include ELO, um, but they don't have right to renew, um, but they now all have um, right to renew um, like in them as a leaflet. 
and we have plenty of those available um, in the clerk's office. And if anyone has a book that says a date other than March 2022, it's not up to date. Um, it doesn't have up to date voter registration information or uh, housing code information. That's great. It's good that we have new books. Um, anything else from anyone? In terms of the communications we got, I have some ideas about how to respond. So I'll just email you about that, Kristen, if that's okay. Okay. Okay, does someone wanna make a motion to adjourn? We made it through our agenda. Good motion to adjourn. And a second? A second. All in favor? Yay. 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 Any opposed? Okay. And with that, meeting is adjourned. It's great to see you all.